Wow, another day that was slow at the beginning, but then the action really started up. Paul Millsap is a nugget. Got all sorts of other stuff. The Raptors bringing the band back together. Minnesota using up the rest of their cap space. We're sponsored today by blinds.com. Use the promo code CAPSPACE for 20% off everything. And by MeUndies, MeUndies.com slash CAPSPACE is your URL to get 20% off your first pair. The dream has become a reality, Danny, although for uh, quite a bit less than we thought it would cost the Denver Nuggets for Paul Millsap. Yeah, it's we've this is actually one of the stories of today is seeing years, not dollars, go the other way. And Millsap, he ended up, so Paul Millsap going to the to Nuggets, something that you have probably gotten irritated with me bandying about for about six months now, just because I think it's such a wonderful fit. Yeah. But he Well, got they it. did almost trade him there twice apparently so uh, also and, true. and it was such a great fit he's like i mean i i can't think of any there's no other player who is available on the free agent market who would have been a better fit next to nikola Jokic than paul Millsap. yeah but let's go through the terms just to have it at the beginning M- three years 90 million per shamstrania with a third year team option which matt moore is the first person i saw have it and that is also a game changer in terms of the value of this deal because options you always assume they're going to be handled properly by the the entity that has control. So that gives the Nuggets a lot more flexibility depending on how the rest of the roster shakes out this summer and next summer. Would you like to know how batshit insane the summer of 2016 was? Both Luol Deng and Timofey Mozgov, who are pretty close in age to Paul Millsap right now, got more guaranteed money than Paul Millsap. He only got about, if we assume that's a flat 30 million, he got 60 million guaranteed, which is still a nice haul for a 32-year-old. But like, these contracts are actually sane you know that's the that's and sane relative to what the cap is usually in a given year you'll see more insane contracts but we're really back now you, you never underestimate the ability of gms to spend money we'll talk more about like the league climate and stuff too because i've got a lot of thoughts on that but this is a great deal for denver they will potentially be facing a little bit of a tax burden next year they'll be right at the tax but that would assume that both Jokic and gary harris get the max uh and it also assumes that they could get off of Kenneth Fareed's money. He'll, he's got two years left at basically $13 million per. Uh, otherwise, they would be, I think, maybe a little bit over the tax if they can't move off of him. But, I mean, the rest of the roster is just so incredibly cheap, right? Like, Fareed is their second most expensive contract now, making $13 million. Wilson Chandler is at twelve, And then everyone else is, then Darrell Arthur is 8 And then everyone else in the team is making $5 million or less right now. So it's really incredible how much production they're getting from some really cheap guys this does mean now that Danilo Gallinari likely to depart they had to remove his 22 million dollar cap hold off the books possible you would think that they if they let Mason Plumley go they could still get to about 10 million in space and then if they could move on from Jameer Nelson or Will Barton or Arthur, Arthur or Fareed yeah that they could get up to enough money to bring back Gallo but it does seem like Gallo is kind of gone uh what do you think of this team now, though? Uh, just as it stands, uh, assuming that they can't consolidate, which I think they're going to try to, and maybe they can, but uh, what do you think of it just simply as it stands right now? I love it. They aren't the best team in the West by any shape, by any way, shape, or form, but they are exciting. They have talent that I think will mesh very well together. Millsap offensively with Jokic. It's Pelton used the uh, Millsap-Horford analogy. I think that's fair for part of it, though I think the differences between Jokic and Horford could 
be relevant here just because Jokic is such a good passer and he's I mean Horford is not bad too but Jokic is a different level and yeah. they can use that yeah and a Jamal different level Murray. as a post player too right uh, right 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 than Al Horford he's he's but, I mean Jokic I mean I would say he's probably the second either second or third best offensive center in basketball absolutely yeah yeah I think that's fair and I mean ta- Towns Towns and Cousins would probably be ahead of him I would say right I, w- I would agree with that and uh, we're not going to count Davis they're they're different yeah. too um because Davis as a scorer is just remarkable but the reason this is so fun and why I'm so into this Denver team is because Millsap fits so well with what they needed defensively because the Nuggets were going kind of for two different tracks that that were possible here one was an elite offensive team that could never stop anybody kind of like some of those old Nuggets teams that would win games you know 130 to 125 or they could try to add players that could do a little bit of both maybe take a small step back offensively but get to league average maybe even a little better than that defensively and while he might not do that for the next four years they only signed him for two plus of team option Millsap should be able to help shepherd them to a different level on that end of the floor yeah now they still have a couple of holes one is that the three I mean I still if they really wanted to get to be elite and I mean remember they didn't even make the playoffs last year so you know baby steps here but I would still like it if they had a guy at the three who is a better defender than Wilson Chandler Wilson Chandler is miscast as a stopper but those type of players are are not really available I think they're also now the plan is going to be to play Juancho Hernan Gomez more at the three just because he needs to play and you know that's okay I mean on offense it's fine he may be hard pressed there defensively but he's got Millsap too you know you can do some switching he's not gonna have to try to like get over screens and he impressed somewhat as a defender I still think of him as more of a four but hopefully he'll play we'll see whether that happens or not and and then of course Chandler can be a free agent after next year has expressed some unhappiness maybe if he's starting now uh, that unhappiness will go away but he'll be in his early 30s maybe not a guy they want to bring back certainly if I were them I would be attempting to target someone like Tabo Cephalosha or Tony Allen, who actually may be a lot more gettable than he was with this Ben McLemore signing in Memphis. That would be the type of guy I'd want, just like a pure defense guy. And you don't need to play someone like that every game, right? Because you really only need, like Chandler is fine against most threes, but when you're playing against KD and you're playing against Paul George and you're playing against Gordon Hayward and you're playing against LeBron you need someone who's really an elite guy and I think that would be a great way to use the rest of their cap space I would certainly you know if they can get off of some money in these next couple of days they might have enough money to do it or I mean I would even consider just dumping Plumlee's capital to this way I'm sure they feel like they need a backup center but they've got so many smalls now Millsap could just be their backup center or Arthur could in most matchups and then they could probably find some other if we desperately need like a normal Normal, traditional center could they find can get somebody like at the minimum. the minimum yeah yeah although they actually are at 15 guys right now with uh tyler lyden and with Plumley, so they really only have one other roster spot uh, but then again i mean they could make some consolidation trees i mean and then you know where the hell does they got trey lyles on this team too like where the hell does he fit in like they well, got i mean so there's so that many ties, guys that, that ties in with something that is both kind of a, a i i use the term sometimes in my outside of this as a yay awe moment where it's like yay they got paul Millsap, even though everything else they did in june made this less practical because they traded at traded down to get trey lyles who 
who doesn't make much sense now with this team, especially with Wancho there, and Tyler Lydon, who I don't think makes a ton of sense. If they had stayed there, drafted OG and Anobi or something like that, it would have been I would have been happier with it, but that's just me. It's but they got Millsap. All that is window dressing. You know, those guys are on reasonable contracts, and if they work out, great. You never you're never expecting a pick at that point in the draft to be a difference maker in year one. And they have also transitioned from being a kind of they kind of jumped the walk part of crawl walk run at this point just because they have two years with Mel Sapin. You know, they could transition into something different. But I'm fascinated to see where this team goes, see how quickly they can gel and where and, and just kind of where this turns out because I think that they have a different thing here. And also just to see what happens with Jamal Murray, he's probably going to get a lot more responsibility now. And just you know, they have a little bit more flexibility, whether this front office that just got promoted and extended, whether they can really nail this last step to just stick the landing to make this even better. But they're going to be very, very good. And and they're going to be just so many fake trades that we can talk about involving them. But I mean, if you just think about the guys on this team, who probably don't even really project to be, you know, anywhere outside of the fringes of the rotation, like Will Barton is a quality scorer off the bench. He's averaged in double figures pretty efficiently the last couple of years, making 3.5 million. He's their fourth guard right now, right? Uh, Malik Beasley, who a lot of guys were high on, just as like not played at all. Hernan Gomez is going to be a backup. Trey Lyles, who is very highly re- regarded. We mentioned him. Emmanuel Moutier, maybe if uh, is probably like projected to like not even play right now. They're probably going to play like Jameer Nelson over him or something like that. Uh, or it'll be Nelson, who is still would be a quality backup point guard signing for a lot of teams and they just have Jarrell Arthur if they bring back Plumlee I mean he's gonna be their fifth big Kenneth Fareed still a guy who's a reasonably effective player in certain matchups so it's just like and those are guys all those guys are not even necessarily gonna be like above their seventh man so it's really remarkable the assets they have and they do need to consolidate it but I mean to me my plan would be number one try to sign a guy in free agency who could just be like a pure defensive starter and really Tabo and Tony Allen are the only two of those guys left I think they have the juice to go get one of those guys and then you know on like a two-year deal for like you know eight or nine million a year like absolutely I think I think that would get it done for those guys then they also would want to try and see if they could find somehow a longer term solution at the three so you could say you know in two years if Millsap leaves, they move Wancho to the four, and now you get like a, a guy who will still be under contract and maybe someone you could extend. So, and I think I, they have so many assets that I would really just try to go hard for someone who could fit pretty well and that you might be able to extend. I think like Aaron Gordon in Orlando would be a guy I might look at there. I, I might look at Jay Crowder in Boston, depending on what happens if they get Gordon Hayward. They could move some of these guys. Crowder's still under contract for three more years. Chris Middleton in Milwaukee although he's not quite the defender that I might want he he would be an interesting target if the Bucks want to try and get a little bit younger Robert Covington maybe if the Sixers can't come to an agreement with him on a renegotiate and extend but I expect them to so really uh, there are some guys out there or you could go in the younger group as well I, they don't really have the money to get Andre Robertson anymore now and it looks like he's just going to come back to OKC Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Justice Winslow could be a guy maybe they, that they could look at as well, especially if Miami makes a sign. Like especially if Miami like got Gordon Hayward, then maybe like Winslow could be someone that they could target. A lot of lot of ways that they can go. Um, and we'll see. I mean, I, I think they are still going to try and bring back Plumlee. They have his cap hold on the books. They do in some ways benefit because they could still use about another four million in space, and they still have the room exception too uh, to get more guys. But again, they're they're pretty impacted in terms of 
their roster space right now. So I would expect some kind of a trade to happen for them in the next really two days because they need to open up roster slots. Do you want to take a quick break for a little bit of breaking? It's not news because it's not a signing or anything, but a little bit of breaking news for when we're recording this. Yes. Right as we were starting to record, Woj tweeted that Carmelo Anthony is now open to waiving his no trade clause to Houston or Cleveland. Oof. Well, so Houston, that means Ryan Anderson. Either way, the Knicks are coming into contact with a white power forward. <laughs> well, you oh, you really think, Caleb? I mean, I made the point yes. Or well, there isn't last really year. a way to do it, is there? Would they? Could they use Shumpert? Oh, no, no, I don't no, think they, they could, could. Yeah, they no, they could use Shumpert, J.R. Smith, uh, Tristan Thompson, Channing Fry. I mean, if they just oh, Shumpert and Channing Fry, Fry gets they might be able to do close. it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about Channing Fry. Yeah, they actually probably could do it. Yeah, no, I mean they got enough lots up there that they they could. Get get it done in Cleveland um and it's just a question of whether you know does Cleveland then just throw in like one first round pick or something like that oh god I hope it happens and and, and Houston would be would be completely insane um all right, we, we well let's get let's go back to that at the end of the day. I'll put it or I'll put a note. I mean, this is going to be like a two hour pod anyway because we just have so much to talk about here. We got to go. I want to go through basically because we're kind of in a little bit of a lull now. With uh, you know, we're, I think a lot of people are waiting on Hayward still. So I want to go through some of the main remaining free agents and see if we can try to find some suitors for them. But. Yeah, we'll definitely put that in there. Let's, uh, uh, anything else you want to say uh, on Denver? Let's, let's pour some out for the Eastern Conference Players of the Month back in, that was in, I I can't remember if it was February 2015. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. The entire Atlanta Hawks team or entire Atlanta Hawks starters, which are now all gone. Jeff Teague is on his second team since then. Kyle Korver is on his, he's back in Cleveland. Then Damari Carroll is in Toronto. Millsap is in Denver. Denver and of course Al Horford is in Boston and now so as Kevin Arnovitz tweeted today the entirety of what they received for those five guys was Torian Prince because they got the they got that lottery pick last year and Cleveland's first round pick which is protected one to ten which if LeBron leaves because it's 2019 if LeBron leaves who knows maybe they don't even get that maybe they get two seconds you know I don't think that's that bad of a return if they had just dealt Millsap I mean that's the biggest thing to me with the Hawks who now have 30 million in space and will probably be you know maybe in the RFA market or I I think if I were them I would just be trying to roll that space over till next year but in any event the problem was remember they Millsap was on the market right everyone's like oh yeah we're gonna trade for Paul Millsap uh you know we're gonna move him and they won like five in a row and Mike Budenholzer who was the president at that time and I think he had this power struggle with Wes Wilcox that he won because Wilcox it seemed by all indications was wanted to trade Millsap and Wes Wilcox was right we said that at the time Mike Bouldin was like no no let's see where this team can go and the answer to that was winning two playoff games and being very lucky to get the five seed because the east sucked and you know having like a negative point differential despite being slightly over 500 and then losing Millsap for nothing I mean they considering the assets and the superfluous assets even then that Denver had you know they could have picked up some pretty decent I mean even if they had just gotten Yusuf Nurkic and and that Memphis pick I mean the, the Denver gave that up for Plumlee who was in the last year of his contract that we did have restricted rights like what would they have given up for Millsap like you could have gotten the equivalent of like two first round picks for him or one of these young guys, they, Malik Beasley or, or Wancho or something like that. You know, Wancho hadn't emerged as much by that point. But no, they wanted, they won five games. So they decided they wanted to keep him. 
good plan. One way that Atlanta could salvage this a little bit if they want to is I've been toying with the idea of a double sign-in trade. So basically what would happen is Atlanta would sign in trade Millsap to Denver. Denver would sign in trade Danilo Gallinari to the Clippers, who are apparently interested in him, but do not have the cap space to sign him outright. And then the Clippers send enough to other places, probably mostly to the Hawks in exchange to kind of make that happen. And at least that would be something to help their team because they could just say no if it doesn't work. If there is a sign-in trade i would definitely try to get sam decker back from the clippers if i could we'll see gallo having met with the clippers i don't really like the fit there that much because gallo is really a four at this point so he's got to play with griffin and and with deandre jordan but oh so you don't think they'd be the best front court in the nba yeah that's what that's apparently what the pitch was but you know for an organization that sees blake griffin as a pioneer on par with muhammad ali barack obama gandhi and numerous other luminaries you know really no hyperbole is too much at this point i can't believe you brought in the shirt considering i i didn't mention it last time i'm thinking that it was probably a that it was probably a joke in some degree which makes it less fun but not much less fun because the clippers have been so wonderfully grandiose in recent years i mean there was it was coming up today about their pitch to today was the one year and one day anniversary of their deeply emotional pitch to kevin durant but i i I love the clippers part in all of this i appreciate it for what it is and we'll have to see how this turns out with them and and this is a another indication that they're not doing what i wanted which is the idea of just kind of fully retooling and just understanding that it's best for them maybe not to bottom out but just to 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 see where this goes as opposed to just keeping the band together but you know it's always easier said than done for any owner who's who's in this situation and so i I, i'm sympathetic all right from t-shirts to underwear pride starts on the inside so celebrate yourself with me undies they make the ultimate feel-good undies with free shipping right to your door satisfaction guaranteed the most comfortable pair of underwear that i own I was actually packing for Utah and Vegas and was pleased that I now own enough pairs that it can take me through the entire trip. And the reason they're so comfortable is that every pair is made with micromodala, fabric three times softer than cotton. These soft, stretchy undies come in an ever-changing array of colors and patterns. And if you need another reason to try me undies, they're offering 20% off your first pair and a satisfaction guarantee that you will love them or you get your money back. Visit our URL, meundies.com slash capspace. That's meundies.com slash capspace. Quite easy to remember, of course. We've been talking about cap space all the time during this free agent period. What's more, MeUndies is putting their money where their underwear is during Pride Month. For every pair of special edition Celebrate Undies you buy during Pride, MeUndies will donate $1 to the Los Angeles LGBT center check out meundies.com slash cap space today you'll not only get a, a discount on awesome undies you'll be donating to an amazing cause when you pick up a pair of special edition celebrate undies meundies.com slash cap space where do you want to go next danny the team that would have been the headliners before this happened the raptors bringing the band back together but on three-year deals yes kyle lowry three years 93 million plus some incentives that could take it up to 100 million so 31 million a year serge ibaka three years 65 million both of those slightly more lucrative than where we had them during the mock off season ibaka and lowry both i'm not really sure what the market was for either of them but there's always some modicum of of internal leverage as well as we saw with Andre Iguodala 
by the way andre went on nba tv today and his son was in the room and he said that when he told his son they might be moving somewhere else he started crying and then his son denied it and said no i was just upset but i wasn't crying it was pretty funny uh, on tv yeah i wouldn't put it past andre to just like tell his son to like like engineer that whole thing with his son just to make it look like he really would have left too like that would (laughs) i don't i'm i wouldn't have been surprised if he would have posted a picture of his or a video of his son crying as leverage when he was trying to (laughs) He, he did basically everything up until that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so Ibaka, you know, not sure exactly where else his market was. And he actually posted an impassioned thing on Twitter about some of the people making jokes. That's us included about his age. And but the point was made by Brian Windhurst on the jump today that regardless of whether it's because of his being older than his listed 27, his production has declined the last two years. He's not the player that he was, you know, back in 2013, 14 in Oklahoma City even so regardless of what his actual age is the reality is that he is has not been the same player and has not had the the same bounce though he had some spry moments but again I mean Toronto with PJ Tucker having moved on they traded for him with he and Lowry also have the same agent Andy Miller so that that was probably involved too so and Lowry wrote this long thing on the Players Tribune saying he was gonna be back so they apparently agreed to this a little bit ago and just held off just so he could do that little stunt but what do you think of a of just these deals just in a vacuum and then just what it means for the Toronto team in a vacuum I think both are a little rich but not horrendous I like them a lot better at three years and a little bit rich than four years just because that also times things up that's the year that or five they could have got they they could have gotten five-year deals they had I'm sure Lowry probably expected that a year ago when DeMar DeRozan got his four plus one that he was going to get a similar four plus one even maybe maybe if it wasn't at his max at close to it and three is very different from a four plus one and so i think that this puts indy or sorry but this puts toronto i was gonna say indiana because it actually is kind of a parallel here in a place where as long as lebron is in the east it's just they'll be a they'll be a very fun team to watch for their fan base that gets knocked out by lebron as long as he's in the east and we'll see what happens with toronto and some of these other teams on the rise like i think they will get passed at some point in the next during this contract for these guys but i don't think it's going to happen this year other than by the teams that were already ahead of them and so i you can justify that but then the the big question now is are they going to try to mitigate the cost of this team and what does that cost them yeah there's some rumors that they were in discussions with indiana to send Corey joseph making 7.6 million this year player option for 7.9 next year that he probably will opt out with although it market's looking pretty tight that year but that they might move him to indiana and presumably wouldn't take much back move on to uh, dalen wright as their backup point guard but they're really and then they've got some other options to get off of money well Demar Demari Carroll 15 million the next two years certainly overpaid there Jonas Valanciunas something they could move on they hand the keys over to Jakob Pertl I mean that's that's what's going to determine whether Toronto can stay at the level they've been at maybe Demar DeRozan could take a step forward as well but the development of Pertl maybe Bebe to some degree Wright Pascal Siakam Norman Powell those guys over the next couple of years and Anubi maybe if he can give them something but he doesn't figure to play much if at all this year due to the ACL injury that's what's gonna have to happen for them to stay at a similar level to where they've been but when you consider that the Pacers have weakened we'll see what ends up happening with Otto Porter and Washington but you know they're probably around the same level as as the Wizards maybe a little bit below in a playoff series when you say the Wizards seem to outperform a little in the playoffs and the Wiz or and the Raps seem to underperform you know Boston they could if they don't get Gordon Hayward they're not gonna be that much better so there there are 
chances to compete you know be a five seed a four seed a six seed for the next couple of years and i mean they didn't really have any other alternative they weren't going to have space even if they didn't bring these guys back so it seems fine to me and the fact that it's three years now really you can reset after those three years DeRozan has a player option he'll, that he'll probably opt out of so does Valanchunas on the end of that time if they keep him around he probably will, would end up opting in the way the center market is at this point uh carol will be off the books by then so they they can go into their full reset try to build on this these last four years they've had which is the most sustained run in raptors franchise history and yeah when it's over they'll probably be you know struggling for the eighth seed as these guys all age but that's not the end of the world and now you've at least created two guys in DeRozan and lowry i mean not that they these guys couldn't get traded but if you keep them together a little bit longer that you at least have like the first real franchise legends in raptors history and this will be a fond era there's not that much harm in that you know and i think the difference between them and the hawks was just that they're these guys are all just like a little bit higher level than all those guys were with the hawks you know after last year when they, when they got broken up you know i think the and they still have a young star in DeRozan who could theoretically get better they've got young talent under contract so i think and the east is actually looking worse than it was when the hawks were, were broken up as well so i i think all that if this is really what it took to get these guys yeah i wouldn't have minded lopping two million off each of these guys contracts but realistically it's not going to matter that much unless you're trying to trade them and what their assets are because if you bring them back even for less than this you're still not going to have any flexibility and so all right you know three years from now they can reset or maybe if they're really below that they can start moving them when they become expiring contracts i think we can take a quick little jaunt over to the team that you just brought up the washington wizards who made a small move bringing signing jody meeks and two years seven million he is maybe the discount uh bohan bogdanovich maybe and he so the signing could be biannual exception it fits into that or it could just be part of their mid-level just depends on kind of where everything goes with Otto Porter and I'm fine with Meeks at that value if he if he ends up staying healthy at all he's been dealing with a a, had a broken foot and then I think he had a wrist issue but he can shoot he can play off John Wall he can play off hopefully Tim Frazier and I think that's fine a little too rich for Jody Meeks in my opinion a guy who essentially has not played for the last three years and he is when you consider how little money is is out there he's 29 I mean I had him basically down in my fringe section so I think maybe they just felt like all right we need to get somebody and put a little pressure uh, on Boyan as well you know we can't just be left totally out in the cold with him we need some shooting on that second unit I I get it but I think that deal for him I, I don't necessarily see somebody beating that and the other interesting thing with the Wizards that we can get to now it's reported by a number of outlets that the Sacramento Kings in fact made a max contract offer to Otto Porter in their meeting today he has not yet accepted that offer but and that offer is probably the reason why Sam Amick, among others, reported that the Kings were out of the Paul Millsap sweepstakes, but could get back into it for the time being. And so I think Denver decided, hey, all right, you know, maybe the because what I would imagine was they made their offer to Millsap last night. They're the only suitor where he really wanted to go, other than Sacramento. But the offer wasn't quite rich enough, and so then there was probably some negotiation over today and Denver's thought all right you know maybe we should up this a little bit and, and great job by them being fiscally responsible by, by the way but to, just in case Sacramento you know Porter doesn't choose them and they're back in in the market with Millsap for for this money so Sacramento is getting the worst of both worlds here because they've made this contract offer they're not going to pull that everyone knows they've made that contract offer now they are going to have to wait and see if Otto Porter picks 
some other team to sign a max contract offer with which is likely to be matched by the wizards you're hearing a few rumblings that maybe the wizards could blanch if a really if it really is the max um and the meek signing does like kind of support that a little bit maybe uh but and it's good for the wizards to maintain flexibility for either to be the taxpayer mid-level if they bring back porter or the bae and then they could use their full mid-level exception to try and fail to replace porter so we'll see who are these other teams for porter by the way that you think could come in brooklyn would probably be one you would say brooklyn is probably one though i prefer kcp for them than him I mean, that that could just be, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Who else has, I, I'm trying to think about who else has clear cut max space. I mean, could the Hawks now? Yeah, they, they could be there. You could see the Bulls. Yeah, I'm not sure who this last team would be necessarily. The Pacers, perhaps, could be oh, one. Could be. They've got $25 million, Um, Although that'll go down if they pick up Corey Joseph. Yeah, I don't see a ton of other options necessarily. I, so who that third team is besides Brooklyn would be interesting to me. And, and if, in fact, he ends up going with the kings offer that's good news for kcp because then that leaves open brooklyn because the kings would not probably be a suitor for kcp as we talked about yesterday really brooklyn seems like the only potential max offer suitor for kcp so kcp had probably better hope that porter goes in another direction other than just signing this with brooklyn and then we'll see whether washington can match but that doesn't have the clock on that doesn't even start until july 6th another point i wanted to make on porter this is a perfect example of something we talked about during the playoffs and it's only i think been exacerbated by the the arms race that we've seen is that now there's just and this has always been the case because of the max contract system right where some max contracts for superstars are great values but that means that there's so much money around the league that other players who don't necessarily have anywhere near the same production as max superstars still get paid as much as they do but Otto Porter is not that good of a player like he's he if he is your three man on a team that's trying to compete for a championship he's a liability he can't guard the best three on the opposing teams and that's i mean all the best teams in the league have great three men right or or you know someone like a, a james harden you know a, a wing player who's unstoppable Otto porter cannot guard that guy but simply because he can make a shot is a decent cutter gets out in transition and you know is about average defensively maybe a little bit better than that he's gonna get the max because there are all these teams that are just playing in a different league and it's like yeah Otto porter can help you get to get some wins during the regular season like he's still better than so many of the three in the league which is by far now the most premium position in the nba it's a great point i am still a little bit residually mad at you that you we've used the name already in this podcast but what you described with the kings is almost the exact definition of leverage it's like <laughs> oh he's gonna you they're gonna use this in order to in order to pick up something better somewhere else it's yeah. like that's leverage well, well i don't i actually I, I people have been tweeting that at me all day about porter when i've been tweeting my comments about it i don't mind it as much for sacramento because there is some chance maybe that the wizard won't match they've never paid the tax before in their history although much of that is when they are owned by Abe Pollen and not Ted Leonsis but at least for this one number one it's a young guy and number two he's actually signing the offer sheet well and it at least is yeah in theory in theory yeah I mean now it, but if he signs the offer sheet with someone else then you're not being used as leverage either you know like unless well the you're other being team used as like, leverage against those other teams because then you have to say basically no, you can but, tell but, them but, max or get out yeah but falk is not gonna is not gonna sign the offer sheet unless it's the max anyway so it's that's that's a fair point too uh yeah um, i think the leverages was more with iguodala where they were they were one of the teams that offered the yes. annual value towards what the warriors yeah. did even but, if it but again but that warriors. wouldn't have been some like ridiculous contract you know like that they were offering two years 
So that actually was like, you know, it's not that ridiculous. And also they're not being like kind of held hostage to where there's like other stuff that they could be doing right now. Um, so, I mean, if you actually get the guy to sign on the dotted line, it doesn't bother me as much. You know, at least at least they got someone to sign there. You know, that's a step forward for for this Kings team. And you know, he's reported to be close by, by James Hamm to uh, former Wiz Garrett Temple. And they are definitely, I mean, I, I am impressed at least with like, you know, the high character team that they're building in Sacramento. We'll see whether that actually translates on the floor or not. But it, oh, yeah, th- absolutely. this idea. I have no, I have no opposition yeah. to this whatsoever. I, I, I yeah. just think it's kind of funny. Yeah, it is. Another debate I wanted to have with you, by the way, we ta- started talking about this on Gchat a little bit, is I guess it's Hangouts now. Gchat is actually going to be sunset by Google, regrettably. So we got to start calling it Hangouts. No, we It'll always be Gchat to me. Uh, in any event, I think it's better for Porter to get a three plus one and you know all the goodies, the fifteen percent trade bonus. I would rather have that, I think, than you know a five year offer for, from Washington for like a little bit less than the max. Because look at all the three year deals this year. Look at all the awful four year deals handed out last year. The market is going to be very tight in twenty eighteen probably tight the year after that and then all this money i mean it's going to be like another mini 2016 just because all the crap deals that were signed then are going to come off the books and so everyone's going to have cap space again it's going to be like this huge bonanza again uh three years from now because everyone signed a three-year deal last year too or signed a three-year deal this year too I think it's a sound point, and I agree with you much more strongly with somebody like Gordon Hayward, who could be just that that not yeah. only not only in terms of the market, but also in terms of choosing his next place or whatever. You know, you're just going to have more options open. Otto Porter, I don't feel that he necessarily deserves this contract. So in those circumstances, I lean towards get the money while you can get it. But if you're going to say- How does he not deserve this contract when he's going to have like three different offers for the max? Well, I don't- He's going to- he He's worth it to certain teams but i just for me if i wanted to be competitive like at a, at a different level that you talked about the idea of him being a liability yeah like, but, but but those teams don't actually have cap space though that's the thing that's right true. like they, they rarely do like this is 2016 2015 were such anomalies because good teams actually had cap space usually if you're a good team it's because you have all these good players and so you don't have cap space you're down to exceptions and then you know like we're moving back to normal now in, in the nba after just two three years of just you know totally weird stuff with the, the cap funhouse spike. mirror yeah i mean I, and we're probably closer to normal like you would have thought even though you know it used to be back in the day all the big contracts were six years five years so there are a lot, fewer free agents now even because you know so much money got spent in 2016 it's almost like you're back there again even though you would think that like teams would be rolling over their cap space more quickly but there's just so much money spent in 2016 oh one small thing that was that another thing that happened while we were while we were recording is uh, kevin o'connor the ringer said that the the Nuggets are interested in pursuing George Hill if they can move off of some of their existing salary. Yeah, I actually had heard that too. And I don't know how much I like that. I mean, if he's that cheap, fine. But I don't know that. I mean, there, I think he still is going to have other outs. Like if they could move for Reed, maybe. But and, and he's a quality player. And I guess, you know, you don't you don't want to be relying on Manuel Moutier, who has not been an effective NBA player, though I still have, have hope for his potential as your third guard. But, I, but I, I still think that money could be better deployed elsewhere. And there's also i mean i bet you if that signing happened that george hill would play more minutes next year than jamal murray and there's gonna be a lot of pressure on murray though if they don't sign another point guard like he has a ton of potential we love what he can do but he still is gonna have to hit more shots than he did last year and he also you know i looked at his stats when i watched some film of him a few few days ago he just got brutalized in on post-ups and on isos and so he's gonna he's gonna get attacked a lot more there too so it's if they really want to be good yeah i mean george hill would probably he'll probably be a better player 
better than Murray next year, at least uh, when you're talking about really trying to be, you know, a top five, top four team in the West. So I understand why they would do that. But I also think there's still there's still an end game with Murray to where he's got to play more and really get the keys to the show. Okay, so where do you want to go from here? We have a couple options. Let's go to the Wolves. I'm kind of disappointed, I gotta say. You mean the Timba Bulls? Yeah, it's, and I mean, I don't care about that aspect of it, but it's just exactly what we happened on the, the said would happen in the Butler trade has happened. I mean, I think they, they did okay with Teague, but still, you know, not really that great of a shooter. Probably their best option though. And, and getting that first rounder for Rubio. I mean, I certainly would rather play, pay Teague 4 million a year more than Rubio and have a first rounder at my disposal as well. So they, they won that, that exchange for sure. But then you knew that Tom, Thibodeau was just going to go and sign another traditional big and now Carl Anthony Towns is going to be their best three-point shooter on the floor like he's the best three-point shooter on the roster right now I think like and you don't want your unstoppable post-up player your unstoppable pick and roll player just camping out at the three-point line and when he tries to post up he's just going to get doubled like crazy Todd Gibson is an even worse shooter than Jang you have to imagine Gibson probably because Tom Thibodeau doesn't change the way that he does things you have to imagine that Todd will just come off the bench again you know be the be the third big as he was for so many years in chicago it's a two-year 28 million dollar deal i guess that's a fine deal in a vacuum but it's just, I, I hate the fit. And we just predicted this, that despite the fleecing with Butler, despite doing pretty well on Teague in a vacuum, I just like, I don't like this fit at all. Now, because now what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to become an elite defense and just kind of hope that their individual talent will let them scrape out points, despite the fact that they just don't have space. I mean, they're going to be so much less than the sum of their parts offensively now. They're going to be Memphis, but in the modern NBA, not in the NBA that Memphis was a little better in. Well, they, they've got a lot more offensive talent than that Memphis team did, though. Sure. But yeah, it's disappointing because, I mean, this this is a team that should be knocking on the door of a top five offense with the talent that they have. I mean, they were 10th last year, and that was with, you know, their bench being awful and Chris Dunn playing backup point guard a lot. So, you know, and Bielitsa, we don't know what his story is going to be. He's not really quite good enough of a shooter or defender to, to really fit into this role. It's just there's so many better options out there, I thought. I mean, Patrick Patterson, you would have to imagine, would have been available for the same money. We'll see what he signs for, but if it's more than $28 million guaranteed, I'd be surprised or just and then this also just compounds the mistakes of last year re-signing jang for the amount that he got i mean again with every contract that comes in that jang contract looks worse and worse and worse and so i don't know like i just i wanted to be just like really fired up to watch this team because they have so many individual players that i enjoy watching and now just every game is going to be a slog and they'll be better defensively too like gibson is really going to help them there i think but he could he could really break down he's 32 already a lot of his value is tied up in his ability to protect the rim switch defensively like that's is on the wane and could get to the point where it doesn't really work that well anymore so yeah it's uh and then i mean i'm very interested to see too like what the shot distribution between towns butler teague and wiggins is going to be on this team that is going to be quite fascinating but they are going to take so many long twos now it's going to be quite maddening i think so there are two resource allocation questions that i want to focus on here one is the shot distribution you know that they're going to shoot a lot of a lot of twos they don't have as many threes but then the other part is wings are we just talked about this without a porter wings are one of the most important commodities 
communities in the league. Minnesota has two very, very good ones. And, you know, Butler's there now. Wiggins is high potential. I don't, I haven't seen it all the way in production yet, but he certainly can get there. And I think this is going to help him so much, especially defensively. That's really all they have on the wing right now, because they also had to rescind the qualifying offer for Shabazz Muhammad in order to make this work. And while Muhammad was not a good fit for where this team was going, he's best as a post-up guy with spacing around him and good luck on getting that with the Wolves. But they're going to have to figure this out with very limited financial resources at this point. Yeah, really only the room exception now remaining. And Gibson, by the way, cannot be acquired via sign-in trade because it's only a two-year deal. It's got to be a three-year deal for a sign-in trade. That's something that OKC likes to do. They did that with Tabo Cephalosha. Could have tried to get a trade exception, but with only a two-year deal, you can't do that. Another point here too, you know, everyone was like, yep, Taj Gibson was never going to come back. He was going to take the most money. Well, this is just yet another instance of the luxury tax hurting teams with less revenue or lower payroll or less willingness to spend while the teams like Golden State, yeah, they're going to have to pay a ton and it's really going to get expensive in a couple of years, but they can't, they're going to afford it. They're, they're a big market. They're, uh, got a ton of money in the market. The Lakers, you know, they would pay the tax, right? If they needed to, you know, the Knicks would Brooklyn was willing to back in the day they did lose a bunch of money but they had ownership that was willing to pay dan gilbert is willing to pay we'll get to them in a moment i mean so they're not large market but he's willing to pay and a big part of that too is because lebron has always like held a hammer over his head but I, I think a, a way to really crystallize this, because I've gotten a lot of pushback on this, that like, oh, yeah, no, the luxury tax, competitive balance, like it's it helps small markets. Like uh, back under the old tax, I think probably, you know, like 25 of the 30 teams paid it at one point or another when they were trying to be good. How many teams, Danny, would you say if they were like a pretty decent team, you know, maybe not even like, you know, a top you know, conference finalist teams, but like a solid playoff team would be willing to potentially pay the tax and not like, not like a couple million bucks, but like even get like $10 million into the tax. So that's basically another 15 million bucks in addition to that, that, that you're paying a little bit more than that. Uh, May, maybe 10, but a lot of those don't have the flexible, don't have the ability to get there like the Knicks would, but the Knicks are right. not going to be that team. Well, well, so, so let's, let's say who, who are, who would those teams be? I think, I think the Nets probably if they got there, sell Celtics, Cavs, maybe the Bulls, maybe, although like they're a big market team. So actually it might put the brakes on them just because they're a little bit more frugal of an organization. Probably Dallas uh would do it the warriors. houston the warriors the lakers detroit the Detro- yeah detroit actually wouldn't shock me uh if they did they actually have a pretty good local tv deal it's a larger market than you think if they ever like really got good they might actually they might have to pay the tax this year anyway for a little bit oh, portland. So, yeah portland bet that's because their owner yeah okc no philly remains to be seen spurs maybe you, you know that but they wouldn't have as much of an appetite for it raptors so i guess that really is like half the league that might pay it but that's a lot less than 25 out of the 30 teams well I mean, that's also really... why like why ownership is such a huge competitive advantage in this league now because think about the teams that are not in major markets that we named a lot of them are the most successful of those of those teams for a reason and it's ownership you know portland has had some good runs here they've also you know suffered from from some stuff dallas of course won a championship spurs won many yeah. championships dallas is a big market by the way in that's case true we're clear that's, like, true. that's it. they're huge yeah they're like fifth yeah 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 i mean they're, i shouldn't, they're, I shouldn't have it's a lot them. bigger than people People forgot. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, interesting. This interesting thought I was having today about Portland actually is 
you know, Paul Allen supposedly was like a big impetus for them re-signing all those guys and, and ended up paying the tax. Because I, I thought of it because we were, we were talking about like Myers Leonard and how he got paid. But if you drafted a dude and you're Neil O'Shea and your owner is like, yeah, you know, I'm willing to pay. You can't go to the owner and say like, well, actually this dude we drafted isn't that good. Let's not pay him. <laughs> right? Because now that makes you look like the guy you drafted is not really that great. So you just have to, you know, you bring him back and you just hope, you know, like that's, I mean, you, you've got to have some fortitude to like be honest with your, with your owner there. Uh, but you know, anyway, that that was a brief aside maybe a not so brief aside let's move on to cleveland kyle corver will return on a three-year 22 million dollar pact partial guarantee in the third year i would imagine pretty small you know something along the lines of like you know one or two million something like that uh i gotta say i still this is just you know cleveland has finite resources we're, we're hearing how they're talking about in finite ways to add players so you know, getting a guy on a, his bird rights, you feel like you got to use him and bring him back. But, you know, this is going to add 20 million bucks to Gilbert's tax bill now. But also, I just don't think, again, that Corver helps them against the Golden State Warriors, which is the only test that matters in Cleveland. He'll help out in, in the regular season, and hopefully they won't have to run guys as many minutes, though that wasn't the case when, when they got him this year. But it just, it's sheds some bad light to me on the decision to acquire him to begin with. I mean, you had this first round pick. You definitely could have got P.J. Tucker. And P.J. Tucker signed for pretty similar to what Corver did on a yearly basis. One more year. Because that four for 32 he signed is, is has a nine guarantee or a team option or something in the, in the last year. And P.J. Tucker just would actually help you against Golden State. And, and Corver, I just, you know, he doesn't that much. Uh, so it's still, to me, I mean, you got to re-sign him. You got to spend the money. Like, you've got him now. There's a sunk cost there. But it just it's too bad to see and then even shumpert you know if they're going to try and move off of him good luck on that now because the rockets don't appear like a suitor there I, I, this is this is just and then the Calderon signing yesterday it's just like Cleveland just keeps doubling down on on offense and you know the offense is not the problem in Cleveland you didn't include one move which I think was the one that crystallized for me that I didn't think they were super serious about it was last year when they used a portion of their taxpayer mid-level to re-sign Richard Jefferson after Kevin Durant signed because what happened to me as soon as on July 4th when Durant made that announcement Cleveland's entire mission had to become stop the Warriors how do you do that in a seven game series how do you give yourself the best chance Richard Jefferson had been huge when they won the title certainly and that allowed them to give him a pay bump over the minimum because that's what he had been on before but finite resources as you mentioned very very important and now every single move they've made since then and we can argue about Mello if they end up getting him but really outside of that every single move has has not really worked in that series and getting better in the regular season like I had some people I was critical also I was more critical of the Corver signing when the first report didn't mention the partial guarantee it's a lot better with that a lot better with that if assuming it's reasonable we don't know the amount but why like yeah yeah he can help sop up minutes in the regular season so could a guy on the minimum you need players yeah. to help you get the best chance to win a championship that is how every single person in that organization is defining success as long as lebron james is there and everything else I, doesn't matter I, I disagree with you a little bit on jefferson because he had was so crucial to winning in the finals and and to get a guy who actually you know was a, a decent player on the wing for 2.5 that that wasn't bad but that said i do think that if they don't use the full taxpayer mid-level right now that and they may actually try have to use some of that for chetty osmond too but whatever remains of that if they don't use that i think that they hey, up to four million bucks that i think they could have gotten someone who's a better fit and more useful for them against the warriors than corver uh i agree with that but i mean in a vacuum again not a bad deal to just all right you know kyle corver great shooter seven million a year all right fine not not that bad but uh 
Yeah. Uh, let's go to Chicago now. Justin Holiday, a two-year, $9 million deal with the Bulls. This looks like he will be their placeholder starter while Zach Levine continues to rehab from injury. And, and I think I, I like the value there. May have overpaid a little bit, but not too bad. I mean, you could have seen him maybe getting a room exception with somebody. This is about the exact same level as that would have been. They're familiar with him, of course, for that half season that he spent with the Bulls before getting traded to the Knicks. So, all right. I mean, I guess he'll just, he'll start and he'll shoot some threes and not be able to dribble at all. And, and he's, he's an okay signing. I maybe a little bit of an overpay, but uh, you know, whatever, fine. I mean, I, it's the only part that's a little bit, I would have liked to have gotten him on a one-year deal at age 28, but maybe that, that wasn't possible or, or just, I mean, there's other guys out there who I think could have maybe they could have gotten on a one-year deal and then that they could have, you know, tried to sign somebody in 2018 when the market will be pretty impacted. The most interesting part of this to me is that it wasn't with New Orleans because because it's right around the range where I think they could have afforded it. They, it's been reported that Drew and Justin wanted to play together. So I mean, it's, I'm not saying, oh, New Orleans, they missed a huge opportunity or anything silly like that, but it would have made some sense. And I'm fine with Justin Holiday being a placeholder. I don't think he makes them so much better that they can, that they're worried about their draft pick getting worse, but you know, it's, it, it's fine. Yeah. New Orleans, they need a three. So I, I think it, He's not really that great of a fit there. They already got Etuan Moore, who does a lot of the same stuff that he does. I will be right back, talk about the rest of the signings, go through everyone's cap space, try to find some suitors for the remaining big free agents. But first, this from blinds.com. We've got two good stories for you from my use of, of blinds.com. I have a rental property that I offered my tenant the ability to select something off of blinds.com. She picked something out, which was great. These beautiful roller shades, cream colored which were fantastic that she had a ton of options. She was like, yeah, I can't even choose from all these. And there's extremely cost-effective to all the windows in that apartment for less than 500 bucks. And then it, a buddy of mine used them as well and was able to get most of his place done for about a thousand bucks pretty impressive and uh he's able to do that in part because using the cat space code you can get 20 percent off of everything if you want faux wood blinds cellular shades roller shades they really have uh, unlimited options pretty high quality stuff and their customer service is great as well I'm working with a, a woman named danielle she was a gave, we gave her some options and she she said no i really like this one better this will be a better fit and it turned out that it was so they offer great customer service also via a free online design consultation. If you need help getting started, you can send in pictures of your home. You get custom professional recommendations in return. They also will send you free samples. They did that for my tenant as well. So she was able to pick out exactly what she wanted. Shipping is free. And if you mismeasure or you accidentally pick the wrong color, they will remake your blinds for free. It's so easy. There's no excuse to leave up those mangled blinds that look like a prop from the wire when they're like looking, <laughs> the cops are like looking through the blinds and they've just been like totally torn up a million times. You don't have to those up anymore you can get some new ones blinds.com promo code cap space rules and restrictions apply did we use the feldman audio yesterday <laughs> we we did not uh, wait, 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 we had a deal i said yeah, it to I, you i dug out the mp3 and said it to you but we were going to use it and then now fortunately for those two sides nene and the houston rockets came to an agreement at the three years 11 million that was allowed under the non-bird exception coupled with the over 38 rule yeah if you want to 
get the saga and why that didn't work we talked about it yesterday if you missed that but yeah so he could only do a three-year deal i mean he could do a four-year deal but basically the way the over 38 rule works is if you do more than a three-year deal you basically can't get any more money for adding the fourth year on than you could for the three-year deal that's it's very complex and annoying i remember i spent like four hours trying to learn it when i was first learning the cba but the takeaway for anyone who's not a complete nerd is you just can't go more than four years and get any extra money so or let's go more than three years and get any extra money when you fall into the category of an over 38 contract good for the rockets we'll see whether you know three years from now we'll remember this and see what ends up happening with him whether they but i think probably what the delay was was nene went out on the market and see, tried to see if he could get anything else he of course couldn't because nobody can get anything these days and so just decided all right i'll just go back for that this is actually less suspicious than if he had just signed a one-year deal by the way right because you would have expected that they would then sign a three-year deal next year or if he had signed like a one plus one or something and then opted out uh, yeah the, yeah so. in term, yeah the, the, you don't you don't look at it the same way now for definitely oh one thing i wanted to throw in you had asked kevin pelton about this and so he actually did look it up at this through first two days last year he had listed 44 contracts as being agreed to and now it's 28 this year okay yeah that's uh it shows you that there's just a lot less uh, out there much less of a feeding frenzy than there was last year i mean and remember too you know kevin durant didn't even sign until july 4th but it, it was interesting because last year we had thought because like this year you know there's a lot of dominoes waiting on hayward there have not been that many you know and certainly not as many as in 2014 when everyone was waiting for lebron but you know it's not only be uh, even with that big domino waiting they still got to 44 contracts and those all those contracts were like very significant money too so again it's just very clear you're hearing it ad nauseum now of how different this market is and i kind of wish that we had done the mock off season earlier this year because then we would have been able to like kind of calibrate our expectations for this a little bit sooner where do you want to go next though well, after this so i want to take a, a quick broad point just briefly because i happen to have this document up on one of one of the sheets that you and i both maintain separately we could do it together but we don't is uh I kind demand of, recognition of this document is the free agent kind of the free agent who's available who isn't and the number of guys that i think i would be comfortable having start on a good team obviously there are lots of guys that you can start on a bad team that list is getting pretty pretty narrow now and just because there weren't as many free agents this year is that really true in terms of number of free agents yeah i mean do you think like there are just more i actually have to go back and look at that i believe see, there like, i believe there are uh but i can like there were definitely more starter caliber guys last year like you think of the, the batums and the parsons and those type of guys but it, it's different and but so anyway and also there were a couple of guys this year that just weren't really up for up up for like steph curry like yes yeah, steph curry was a free agent but he wasn't really available so really right. like for me it's george hill uh the durant and hayward headliners obviously then george hill Gallo, probably. I mean, his injury history is scary. KCP, Otto Porter, Dirk, Nerlens Noel. Dirk is, again, another one of those not really on the market like Durant. And, yeah. you know, then there are other guys like Robertson and Darren Collison who can start, Dion Waiters, but I'm not, you know, you don't necessarily love it. And so the question is kind of, there are two questions. One is, okay, it's that group. So what happens then to the teams that still have money when those guys are off the board? Do they react by going full bore for the couple restricted free agents? 
Do they hold their space and try to get trades? Do they just say, screw it and pay some of these guys, maybe more on like Jeff Green style contracts? It's going to be huge, not only for the league, but also for 2018 cap space, because teams like the Bulls and Kings can either set themselves up for doing something different next year or just blow it away a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I would throw Jamichael Green and Nerlens Noel and Robertson, Rudy Gay, although he's coming off an injury, so less so with him in there. Oh, and I mean, Collison, yeah, Pow. Collison started all last year. Deion Waiters, you met, I guess you mentioned him. James Johnson is probably CJ Miles started most of the last year. So definitely our guys, Derek Rose started most of the last year. But if you're talking about, hey, I, I would I would want to pay this guy starter money, which I would consider, you know, three years, fifteen million or more, fifteen million a year or more. Of just like, okay, we signed this guy. This position is solved for the duration of this contract. You know, yeah, there are not too many of those dudes. I agree with you. Do uh, I get to do I get Laker, to give you a little? Yeah, do I get to give you a little bit of shit for Memphis? Because even though I disagree with the contract, Ben McMore got more than his qualifying offer, which you taunted me so mercilessly for in the, <laughs> mo- in the mock off season. Yeah, well, I, the, the mock off season GMs were a little stingier, so I felt like I had to. I had to take it. Uh, I, I mean, there, there definitely was in the mock off season. There definitely wasn't that money out there. But yeah, it's it's uh, he is basically signing for the full taxpayer mid level, starting at five point two million this year. He gets another year at five point four next year. And the beauty of that is you can basically you can if you're going to be over the apron, which would be a surprise for me if they get over the apron. That would not be very Memphian, but maybe they will, or at least they want the flexibility to go over the apron at like a certain point of the year and then get back under or something like that with the trade because you you can see that happening right like they sign Macklemore and then if they're going to bring back Jamal Green and Zach Randolph and Tony Allen or even really two of those three you're going to be coming up close to the apron now I like this deal a make good for Macklemore who is still only 24 they've needed shooters at the two who who at least have some athletic and defensive potential for quite some time and this now leaves Memphis in a very interesting situation you got to be wondering especially if Jamichael Green might be gettable if you're a team that has some money but again whether where that offer is for him that's something we can probably talk about a little bit later when we go through but so for right now Memphis is basically right at the cap in terms of commitments they also brought back Wayne Selden on what we appears to be a two-year minimum deal. I don't think we got official terms of that, presumably with a significant non-guarantees. And they still got to bring back Randolph, and who is scheduling some meetings now. It doesn't look like they're necessarily going to just get the home count discount come on back from him. And they're going to still have Tony Allen out there as well and Green. Which of those three do you think is least likely to return? Because they've got $20 million below the tax right now and $26 million below the apron. Right. Yeah, so the number I was using for them, because I was drawing the line for the mock-off season at the tax, and so I was saying they had $20 million to spend kind of on all three of those guys combined. You can fudge it to the apron if you want. That's fine. Right. I would say... Maybe, maybe Zach. I mean, considering he's the one who's taking other meetings, Jermichael Green is just hard for them to replace. He's younger. He can be a part of this team. I thought he did a nice job last year. Yeah. But, and they could play James Ennis at the four. If, if Parsons were healthy, you might uh, say that Green actually, because they still need Randolph's offense on the second unit pretty desperately they have no scoring whatsoever on the second unit right now sure yeah i mean they they need maybe either... parsons could help with that too if, if he actually you know could, he could. Get healthy, and brandon wright could that. too if he could if he if he's healthy enough yeah. to play right is the obvious choice here for them to move it and get off the of money right like you could see it you could see it playing out as like all right they've now signed macklemore to this tax pyramid level so they're going to then 
bring back Green and Allen and Randolph in some combination that costs them more than $26 million. So they've now exceeded the apron and there's going to be some cost as well to bring back some other minimum guys as well. They're, they're only at 12 players so they'll got to get at least up to 14 and then they dump right and if you're just above the apron you can then get pretty close to the tax they do that at the trade deadline rights making about six million this year so that i could see maybe that's what ends up being the plan yeah, I can totally see that too. Completely fair. The Lakers have weighed Tarek Black, a surprising move as far as I'm concerned, but they do with the uh, emergence of Avicha Zubac last year. They have Brooke Lopez as the starter. Black didn't, uh, and they also can go with Randall or Nance at center in some smaller lineups. Maybe Black was just superfluous and it probably makes sense for them to just, I think the difference in the type of player you can get on a one-year $17 million deal as opposed to a one-year $11 million deal, which is the difference his non-guaranteed million makes in their cap space is pretty significant so maybe that's the thinking there and that they could get i mean remember they don't have their draft pick under any circumstances next year they're not going to go more than one year but a one-year 17 million dollar deal could actually get you something on this market and they still have some needs backup point guard a shooter on the wing another three all of those are things that they could potentially go for and they've been reported to have some meetings yeah go ahead yeah so not only do they have meetings uh one of the people is Dion waiters who was a Palenka client before he left being a sports agent to do that. It kind of kind of similar to Bob Myers bringing on Jermaine O'Neal, who had been a former client. And the other point here that's important to make with Brook with uh, with them is that like Brooklyn, they don't have the same incentive to necessarily be bad this year because they don't own their own pick. So they can spend this money on a player they think is going to be good for this year. They already have that hard line of not spending 2018 money. And as you said, it can make a meaningful difference. So I don't know who's going to take their money, but but I do think that $6 million can be useful. The reason why I did it in the mock-off season, why I picked it up, was just I didn't think they were they were really going to go hard after that guy. But the meeting with Deion Waiters, you know, that might be a sign that they're going to try to actually do something with this. Yeah, and Black on a one-year $6 million deal, I actually like him. He's got some mobility. He's tough. He adds some force. I think he actually can be a reasonable backup center candidate for some teams. And it wouldn't shock me if he gets claimed. But the only impediment there is that with this July 4th guarantee, guarantee date he got waived a couple of days early they probably felt like they're doing him a favor there so maybe I, I mean he probably won't do as well as six million guaranteed i would bet just due to the perception you know he was a bad player on the lakers last year or, or not a bad player but he, he was a backup on a, a bad team and, and we've seen actually a lot of guys go way less than they should because they're coming from the lakers jeremy lynn being the most salient example of that and davis so too. he probably he probably won't get claimed but it's something i might have considered but it's probably too early for a lot of these cap teams just to to claim him i'd be very interested to see what their plan is with that 17 million i mean they can try to get better and that's probably important if you're going to go shopping for free agents if you could get to 33 wins this year you look a lot better than when you're winning 20 as they have been so getting better this year would be important and 17 million is going to buy you i think a lot more than like jeff green which would basically be the equivalent contract from last year but they also could just go the taking on bad money approach not as much in terms of bad money out there because they can't go more than one year with the bad money but they could be a target for a spencer hawes or a mcroberts we mentioned brandon wright as well those type of guys who expire and, and are looking like bad contracts just to help some of these teams who are like temporarily over 
the tax, you know, keep that money open until the trade deadline as well. Also could facilitate them maybe making a trade for another star in season, although they don't really have the assets to go and get someone. And there aren't that many guys who are about to be free agents in 2018 other than their guys, George and LeBron. What else we got here besides the Lakers? Well, I was just going to mention that if he wanted a one-year deal to raise his stock, Shabazz Muhammad would be fascinating there. Yeah, they could use some more scoring, really. Uh, but with the departure of Russell, I mean, they still have Clarkson, Ball, not really a shot creator. Ingram will probably try to get more of that now. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Clarkson is probably their best scorer off the dribble. And Muhammad, a nice fit with Brooke Lopez, perhaps, as well. So yeah, that, that would be a thought for him. I mean, I think if I'm Shabazz, I want to just go to a team that's got lots of shooting, but like few shot creators and and see uh, Brooklyn actually, I think would be a nice place for him. Uh, Brooklyn usually tries to keep some shooting on the floor and, and they really don't have anything at the three right now. So he actually, it might be a good fit there. So the last note that I have in our, in our sheet is Phoenix, uh, the reporting that they have offered Alan Williams four years in the five to six million range. Another one that is similar, I believe to the mock-off season. And I think is a totally fair salary for him yes I, I think that's right Williams age 24 so that would take him through his prime he is the type of guy though he hasn't quite proven enough for me that I might necessarily want to go four years and apparently he hasn't taken that offer if indeed that is their offer he's a solid player but do you think that you could do get an asset that would be better than him if you took on like you know Kyle Singler from OKC which would be in that similar salary band because he's going to take up salary caps base once he signs unless they make a cost-cutting deal right now while he still has that small cap hold and before he signs then maybe it would make sense to me but he's still I'm not sure that you feel like like he's he's one of these backup centers who's productive but he also can't play in every matchup and so as you know a third center who can be your second center sometimes I, I don't mind him but I'm also and he also had you know half of a pretty of a decent year that seems a little bit rich for him still uh you know I, I might not go with a four-year offer there for six million that seems a little I mean 24 million in guaranteed money seems a little bit too much for me for him right now that's fair but it, it's also a sign for me that Alex Len is should be a little bit concerned about his place in Phoenix because if they're going this way for him that shows they value they value Alan Williams and you can't pay three in today's market you can't pay three centers the kind of money that that Alex one would probably want from them okay so let's do this let's go through the space that everyone has still and then we can talk about maybe try to match up some of these remaining big free agents with them the Atlanta Hawks looking at about 29 million in space they've been at that same level we assume that Millsap wasn't returning but this now confirms that Boston about 3 million less than the max 26.6 million they wait on Hayward as we mentioned yesterday they almost certainly would have to move someone of Marcus Smart's salary or higher and that means Jalen Brown Jason Tatum those guys aren't getting moved so Smart is the logical guy to get moved there if they in fact can sign Hayward if not then they probably you know you're in into bringing back Kelly Olenek and looking for a cheap big Brooklyn 29.9 million in space more than enough for a max offer sheet potentially a KCP or Otto Porter Charlotte there they are done after the Carter Williams signing almost certainly other than minimums Chicago now down to 18 million in space that could grow to 29 million if they dump the cap hold and qualifying offer of Nikola Miritich Miritich it sounds like has not really been offered a contract by the team 
and is being encouraged to go out and and get some money on the open market he could be a qualifying offer guy even that wouldn't shock me as well his qualifying offer will be higher because he made more money last year five million so he'll get a little bit above that as his qualifying offer if he takes it cleveland 36 million dollars over the cap they're down to their mini mid-level we'll see whether some of that gets used on chetty osmond or not i would imagine that it would so they can do a three-year deal for him the minimum is probably not going to get it done especially because that's a rookie minimum and he had had a pretty significant buyout so no actually not that significant it was only he's only up to pay about three hundred twenty-five thousand of it but he that's basically where they're at mini mid-level is left Dallas 16 million in space but still have to take care of Dirk Nowitzki they could open up a little bit if they waive Devin Harris but supposedly they're not going to do that or maybe they could waive him and bring him back if they wanted to he's Harris is about a million guaranteed and of course they still have to pay Nowitzki as well they'll have the room exception available also Detroit we mentioned their situation yesterday they've used up most of their mid-level still would have their BAE in theory uh, but they're going to have to get off some money probably for any reasonable offer to, to KCP Golden State super taxed out but they still have the, their mini mid-level they've been talked about as a potential Nick Young suitor what do you think of that fit Danny it's fine I don't think that's necessarily their greatest need but he's a talented player who I think is worth more than that money so if you can get him and the ownership is willing to f- foot the luxury tax bill that comes with it i'm good with it yeah you would imagine that would be only a one-year deal i don't care for it i don't think they really need just like a guy who's gonna come in and just gun i guess maybe they feel like oh if we're gonna play the same crappy bench lineup with that and not stagger durant and stuff we need more scoring on that unit but they still have Clay Thompson, number one. They could just run more plays for him. They got Sean Livingston. They Or they could just stagger Kevin Durant. I think their biggest weakness, to the extent one exists, is combo forward. Because you saw when Durant got hurt last year. I mean, Durant is basically their backup four. They have no other fours on the roster. Because all these dudes like Jordan Bell, those are all going to be fives in their system. So they need someone who can defend the four position. Hopefully stay in with the switching and hit some threes. Not too many guys like that in the market. I would say Omri Caspi would be the one that I would be targeting there there and i know there are at least some in the organization who like him and tabo cephalosha might be another one that i would look at to where you can give kd some rest if you need to play the matt barnes role from last year barnes actually you know remember kind of saved them during that period when kd was out so they'll need someone else like that let let them play the death lineup even when kd is is out of the game if they need to houston 11 million dollars over the cap they still have their bae available they have in theory used up all of their mle but they also have the human trade exception remaining they could take back about 10 or 11 million in salary just in exchange for those non-guaranteeds and they have about 16 million dollars left still uh, under the apron so plenty of room to which with which to work there indiana 25.4 million under the cap clippers 10 million over probably have their mid-level and potentially their bae although they'll be getting pretty close to the apron there as well uh, it be hard capped of course they do not have their bae because they used it on Embodied oh yes Day. thank you yes thank you. i said that yesterday and then i forgot about it today uh what else we got here danny so the Lakers have it's about sixteen million, correct? That's that's where I have it. Uh, I I had it at seventeen. Seventeen. But maybe I just have a non guarantee, like yeah, David Nwaba. I might have taken out or something. I could be. Uh, yeah. Memphis has. So I I'm using the the phrasing of that they yeah. have about. 15. I guess actually we could probably we could probably skip the ones we already talked about. So maybe that's just true. the ones we do. We okay. So you want you want to go to? Do you want to do Miami then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so actually, I'll trust your number with it because I have I have all these contingencies with them, so I don't have necessarily what what you think is the best number. Yeah, I, I think well, I think of it right now as just available space thirty four point five million. 
that would assume that they move on from Wayne Ellington, whose guarantee is the first day after the moratorium. 6.3 million there also might be someone that they could trade josh mcroberts of course uh dead money basically at 6 million a a way that they could potentially open up more space and you would think that if they were able to get gordon hayward at that 29 maybe they could bring back either johnson or waiters if they could move on from mcroberts they could open up you know 10 12 million or so in space or so milwaukee a little bit over the tax now with the snell signing still have to fill out the roster they are probably you would have to imagine done i don't see them using the taxpayer mid-level to add more money before they actually move in minnesota they're done except for the room exception new orleans interesting situation with them they in theory it sounds like they've been making offers like nick young has been talked about as like giving up more you know if he went to the warriors he'd be giving up more money from the pels with their full MLE so they could use that they have enough space under the apron but again tax concerns there but they they could be another team that could get off some money around the trade deadline we're talking about a lot of these teams though and uh, you know the price for that's only going to go up I think uh what about the Knicks I have the Knicks at about 16 16.7 is that where you have them yes yeah, pending what they end up giving Ron Baker, but his cap hold is the minimum right now, so that's that's fine. Oklahoma City is they're over the cap, they're o- they're over the tax right now. Like that's where I have them, and we'll see if they can. Yeah, so that includes Robertson's cap hold. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So if they're they're basically eight million short of the tax right now without anything for Robertson, so they will if they bring him back at any kind of a market rate, you know, they'll be over the tax, but have some money they can move on from like singer singular. You would think. I mean, we keep saying that, so it's a lot easier said than done we're not just like dismissing that prospect uh who else we got here the Sixers are basically they're basically done that's the way I want to think about it they can if they're not if they're going to save the remaining money for for Covington they could theoretically you know do some other things they could move on move Stauskas or things like that I, I have them at let me let me get my exact number I have them about four I have them about oh yeah because I haven't taken Pazinkas or I I, I I just got his name horribly wrong so about 15 P- million is where next I and I, I, I got it closer but still terribly wrong as well yeah because yeah. I the number actually, 25 pick this year he's, yeah he's, I actually uh, put it in uh, i always i always put those in my document like in my excel with the actual like all the symbols correct and then that just yeah. makes it impossible for me to pronounce it yeah so we'll assume that they're going to go with covington but if they want if they can't come to an agreement there i mean he will be an unrestricted free agent but he's still making the minimum his cap hold would be the minimum they will have full bird rights on him so if they want to use cap space next summer and they want to maximize their space not renegotiating and extending him would actually be better but of course then you could potentially just lose him in ter- with team control as well and and but again not a lot of space out there next year so we'll see whether they i'm not sure i necessarily would do that unless i could come to a very team-friendly agreement that's the true. problem is it's just i mean they don't have anybody else like him on the roster i mean there's you know probably 15 guys who can hit threes and play solid defense at the three in the league so you got to hold on to those guys and i expect them to try and do that with that 15 million i skipped orlando space. i skipped orlando yes. i have them at about 12 million that assumes that they buy out cj watson and that they let you know rudez and jeff green go but i assume that's reasonable yeah. they could get to about 15 if they dump like steven zimmerman and they have a couple other non-guarantees as well phoenix the, they still have alex lens hold on so if they have his hold i have them at about 7 million but then they also have non-guarantees with elijah Millsap and Derek jones they could move so they could get into the 20 million dollar range or thereabouts if they really wanted to either to pay guys or to take up space or to take on other people's bad salary sorry that's what i meant portland 
still facing uh actually no they are almost identical now to cleveland with the return of corver the highest luxury tax bill in the league toronto is up there as well and they still haven't brought back patterson or filled out the roster they're uh 35 million over the cap 15 or so over the tax sacramento still has 45 million in space they could use the cap hold 9.9 million of darren collison if they wanted to bring him back uh which is actually you know wouldn't be totally unrealistic i think that would be a good signing for them as a an alternative to De'Aaron Fox and maybe someone who could be tradable for them as well and maybe you know something like a two-year uh 24 million dollar deal for Collison seems like that would be fair what do you think of that yeah isn't that similar to what we did in the mock-off season I don't remember but probably (laughs) uh I had that team so I should remember but I I think that's about what it was it was no only two years 16 million but he got a second year player option so yeah that's actually two for 16 of the second year player option is like kind of the same thing as two for 24 without a player option i think uh san antonio 13.6 billion in space also have their room exception or they could stay over the cap and use their mid-level and the bae if they stay over the cap that makes it easier for them to pay pal gasol if they are under you you would imagine maybe he gets the room exception not really sure what would happen there utah with hayward well over the cap uh without him 11 million in space and then washington right at the cap right now but they would have to then bring back porter and if they do that they will be into the tax and that doesn't include anyone that they might bring in you know returning uh boyan bogdanovich as well even though he had a better year than we expected and we killed that contract a lot it would be a little bit frustrating if jason smith was the difference between them being a tax team and not okay the first guy that i'm really interested to talk about here is George Hill. Who is left uh, uh, for G Hill at this point? Denver was mentioned, but it's hard to imagine them getting to even, you know, 15 million a year. Who else is out there for him at this point? Whew. Sacramento, he could go home to Indianapolis. Yeah, but I mean, it's hard to imagine any of these places giving him more than a two-year deal, isn't it? Right, and I, I think if I were him, other than if Denver can, well, and even Denver, that's a whole weird situation. I don't think they're going to give him a ton of years considering they just did to Paul Millsap. I would probably do a one a one plus one or something like that if they would do it with the Knicks because it's high profile. I think he would fit in very well there, could get the chance to put up stats, work well with, with Chris Dops, and who knows what else they're going to do and who knows maybe if the Knicks move mellow depending on how that trade goes maybe they'll clear even more space yeah that's possible they obviously would have to take salary back if it's either Cleveland or Houston you're you know you probably could clear take back 80 percent of his salary if you wanted to so you could get another he's making 27 million this year so you and he now he has the option to waive his trade bonus which probably would be required in any such deal so maybe you could open up another five million or so in space but nothing too significant there yeah it'd be interesting if he'll want to do a one plus one because hey uh 2018 is looking even worse half the league could be like pretty close to the tax in 2018 at this point i got a lot of red on my sheet uh, right now and we haven't we're not even done yet either so yeah for hill orlando could be an intriguing fit for him perhaps yeah give them a little bit of a different look than alfred payton so he's got some options i think i mean he's gonna land somewhere and he's gonna get eight figures san antonio maybe as well they could he could maybe circle back with him uh uh, with them but he seems like the ultimate guy like woge reported today that the reason the deals have been so slow has been in part because players in particular players 
they saw the crazy market last year we're expecting to get paid that and they're they're right they're better than all those guys and we we did the Millsap Mozgov Dank comparison for example but it's just not going to happen and and Wood says their agents are telling them hey you better take this this is there and players are like no go try to find find me something else and you know George Hill is of course the poster child for that with the amount of money that he turned down with the Utah Jazz there's even some talk that he could go just go back to Utah now but it really seems like he didn't want to be there and he kind of you know it's if he wanted to be there he would have taken that money I guess we'll put it that way so that that seems like but they can still I mean they they can use bird rights to re-sign him still they got Rubio into their cap space and they were able to keep his cap hold on the books even while doing that. Uh, well, it wasn't even a question of his cap hold because it was still in the previous league years. So we only counted for $8 million. That's part of why they were able to do that. So, I mean, they could bring him back. They could use some more depth at the two. They probably would certainly have to trade Alec Burks there. But if they could bring back Hill somehow before they bring back Hayward, or maybe if you know Hayward commits, then they bring back Hill. Like, But that's probably a fantasy. We shouldn't spend that much time on it. Give me uh, some other guys here. Do you want to do Gallo? Yeah, you know, the Clippers were mentioned. The full MLE seems like way too little for him, $8.4 million to start. So some sort of a sign-in trade would have to happen. You mentioned one such potential permutation, which I, I thought was interesting, that double sign-in trade with... Millsap going from Atlanta to Denver, Gallo to LA, and then LA sending some stuff to to Atlanta. Although I don't know what Denver's incentive well, is. There's, a, there's another get something from there's another Clippers. weird way you could do this, which would also be I, I thought of this with the George Hill rumor is that you could actually structure Millsap as a straight signing and then do a sign in trade for George Hill is another way to kind of make all this work because he'll probably get less money, so then you can send out less as matching salary. That too is is possible. Other than that, you would have to say that Miami, if they strike out on Gordon Hayward, but would become a, a suitor for him. And maybe it would be possible even for Miami if they move McRoberts to get Gallo, James Johnson, and Deion Waiters. That would be very interesting. Oh, especially if they a, offer a, the years a small for Gallo. Comment here? Where the hell is Dallas? On Gallo? On everyone. Well, I think it's maybe the Dirk issue is part of it. It could be. It could be some uncertainty with that. It could also be that they're waiting this out, that they saw what what we saw, that the market's going to slow down a little bit. And they're going to... Because, I mean, I thought they ended up with some some nice deals we did before they got Gallo and Waiters. And they're, they're in a spot where they, they need to be responsible about it because their you know, team is going to move in a very different direction in the next couple of years. But... Yeah. Well, actually, Dallas, they're in a pretty nice position in terms of 2018 space now. They could have up it's to thirty six million in twenty eighteen space, and then if Wes Matthews were to opt out of his eighteen million, they could be at fifty four. So you subtract Nerlens Noel. I mean, maybe maybe that's the thought: is all right. You know what? We'll just pay. We'll keep Dirk's cap hold on the book. We'll pay him, you know, twenty five million again this year, and use use uh, maybe the full mid level go bargain hunting, and then we and they also will have to pay. Seth Curry, he'll have a pretty small cap hold, though. They can, but it, they may have to break any cap space. I don't know if early bird will be enough for him. We'll see what kind of year he has this year. Again, you know, but being one of those teams that's out there with space, or maybe even if they are just a team that could get another asset by taking on some bad salary, that could be their strategy. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I like them as uh, this would finally be Mark Cuban's dream to not have like all these premium franchises competing with him. And you still have Harrison Barnes, Noel, you know, even if he gets 18 million, you still got 36 million next year harrison barnes noel as part of the core curry dennis smith that might be you know you can add one more piece there and maybe you're ready to rock with like a pretty decent team going forward but you know i mean this fucking western conference like 
that seems like a nice team and then it's like oh yeah they're, they're not making the playoffs like that that would be like the sixth seed in the east but uh still an intriguing young course so that, that might be i think in fact almost certainly to me especially when you see how much everyone is loaded up now you know there is this idea that we have to you have to help dirk contend and maybe you know a one-year deal if they can find someone useful they're going to take less but to me if i'm dirk just for whoever's going to come on a one-year deal i'm not that interested in taking much of a discount so that's fine you get paid they got a fun team again they helped dennis smith develop hopefully he looks really good and then you know dirk even wants to play another year so then maybe he could do the discount next year and you actually get someone who really makes a difference on this team what other guys are you interested in we already talked about the restricted guys and where they could get offer sheets yeah we could i mean there's some other guys we talked about how alex len we thought he wouldn't have much market i mean any other true center you can throw plumbly into that same thing right yeah alinic i think actually could have more of a market because of his shooting i think that there are teams i i've said many times i think he would be an excellent fit in orlando for example as what do you think about gallo there in orlando uh you know not a terrible fit he could guard the four and kind of play the three on offense next to aaron gordon i don't know if they have enough money for him though and i think he wants to at least be on a team that's okay i mean if he is if he has a nice offer from the clippers with a sign-in trade or miami he would clearly prioritize that but yeah that wouldn't be a terrible fit as well i mean and maybe he could still go back to denver as well if they clear off a little more space that seems the one the one center we should talk about is nerland's just because the question of who gives him an offer sheet i mean maybe it just doesn't matter because they gave up the assets and you don't want to make him as as pissed off as he would be if you played real real hardball with him but they're just are not teams for him no there aren't the hawks would really seem to be the only one at this point as it was in the mock off season but not sure how interested they are i mean they they need a center uh and the the hawks could be another olenic team actually yeah as a team they've had some success with those type of guys we could also just see them bring back mike muscala who has a minimum cap hold by the way also but i you know i don't see the hawks using all their space unless they can get the only way i'm doing i mean same thing with the hawks as with orlando like unless i can get a young guy who i think can be part of this team in three or four years and help us win i'm just hanging out and just either getting like guys that i think will be good values that i can flip eventually or just you know doing the take on bad contracts route Oh, here's one. Who's taking, who's giving Tim Hardaway Jr. an offer sheet? Well, that's interesting, right? Because I've heard from multiple people that to expect him to like get more than Tony Snell. And I don't know who's going to do that. Who do you think is going to do that? Miami doesn't make any sense because I think of him as a two and they have a lot of good twos if they don't get Gordon Hayward. Of course, they get Gordon Hayward, they're out of it. I don't think Utah, if they lost Gordon Hayward, would be that interested. Boston wouldn't be that interested if they lost Gordon Hayward. Utah would only have 11 million anyway. I mean, maybe if it was a reasonable, like if, if they thought they could get a value on it, maybe Dallas just takes a stab at it just because he'd be yeah. a, an offensive. Indiana piece. doesn't have any twos and he's pretty young. Yeah, maybe. At least not any young twos who can shoot. He went to the wrong school, though. Should have gone to Indiana. What about CJ Miles, by the way, while we're on while we're on twos? Hmm. He's another one that's tough. And this is also the huge difference between sm- shooting guards and small forwards. Because oh, if, yeah. if these guys were two inches taller, they would be getting yeah. ridiculous deals. Yeah, if you if you can actually guard the three at an average level, you're just so much, such a valuable player. I mean, if we went through guard the three and like make a three pointer and need to be guarded three pointer. I mean, if we really went through, like I'm serious, there's like fifteen of those guys in the whole league. Yeah. Uh, let, let me see. So for Miles yeah, there are not that many teams with like a big need at the two at this point. Brooklyn they, could fall into that category still. Yeah, if they and, and I mean, he, he might, if he they might have strike out on KCP. Yeah, yeah he might have. No, to I think wait. that's right. He might have to wait until KCP gets sorted out. Yeah, like if, if he wanted that one year deal, Dallas maybe later on because then they're not sacrificing anything for space. They got Wes Matthews already though, so I, I don't really see the point of him there. And, and they got Seth Curry too, who they're gonna. Oh have to yeah, because they'll play. They'll, play, they'll probably play two point guards in their second unit. 
Yeah, they got Devin Harris still sticking around to uh, the JJ. JJ. Yeah, they're. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that that would be one. I always separate it by position, him. but you're right that with Rick Carlisle, you should treat it differently. Yeah, hey, maybe he even just goes back to Indiana. Uh, that could be. Or possible the Lakers. Too. I think. I think that's yeah. not who they're going for. But yeah, the the Lakers on a one year deal could maybe make some sense there. Let's see who else uh, should we talk about that that intrigues James Johnson. Me? Yeah, going back to Miami, if if without Hayward would seem like it's probably what's going to happen. But they'll they'll have some disagreement on the years too. Johnson could be an interesting option for Brooklyn. I, I just I'm not sure what the Brooklyn plan is going to be. He could be maybe someone that Boston would look at if they strike out on Hayward. Utah, if they struck out on Hayward, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he, he yeah, he, he, nothing's going to happen on him until something happens with Hayward. I, I am almost certain of that. What about Tyreek Evans, who, who needs someone who can create off the dribble a little bit. I've liked the fit in Orlando for him a little bit. Maybe, maybe even a return to New Orleans, but probably not. They need someone who can shoot. They're going to focus on, on getting someone who's kind of a three. What about San Antonio for Tyreek Evans? I'm on board. I, I, I don't know how much actually, they, how much they want to yeah. give to their young guys you know like as the Dejounte Murray maybe Derek White those type of guys but if they if they don't want to give the reins then Tyreek's a, a worthwhile gamble for them good medical staff will will rest him they, I mean they need someone else even with Patty Mills back I mean they got one guy on this team that you you know has that you can trust to run a pick and roll in the playoffs and speaking that's Kawhi of Leonard. speaking of medical staffs what about Phoenix they got Devin Booker already. They got. Well, I'm just Uelis. saying as a backup too. No, I don't, I don't think so. That doesn't make any sense to me. He he's going somewhere on a make good. He want he he wants playing time. They can't really get. And they're the whole point of like getting out of the Millsap sweepstakes for them. Number one, they couldn't offer him thirty million a year. That that is clear. Uh, in terms of our cap space, unless they move money, which they're not in a position to do. So no, I wouldn't say that Phoenix would be a great fit. Uh, maybe the Lakers could be okay. Mm. Indiana could be okay. They don't. I mean, Indiana doesn't have a point guard right now either. You know, they still have Monte Ellis, I well, guess. Well, yeah, and Indiana's probably going to want to be good. So that would kind of make some sense. Like, I think I think Tyreek could end up somewhere, you know, a team that makes kind of a misidentification. That might be a, a logical fit for him. Yeah, he also maybe could be an option in Utah if Hayward leaves. Get a little more shot creation. Tony Allen could be gettable here with the Memphis signing Ben McLemore and potentially having some issues with the tax. Actually, yeah, yeah. or Tabo Cephalosha because both those guys, Cephalosha I like a little more than Allen just because Cephalosha can at least pretend to stand outside the three-point arc and shoot it. So I think there you're maybe looking more like for a good team. So those are both guys that I would, I think would be worthwhile for Cleveland if they want to go that direction or Washington if they decide not to match on Otto Porter. Yeah, I would have liked him in Washington as well just for like the full tax pyramid level but they've already used some of that if they do match on porter san antonio he would be nice there i think oh that'd be so nasty good lord defensively just another guy i mean but of course they would have to actually embrace playing small more but the guy just just for just for a second let's imagine the lineup of tony allen danny green Kawhi leonard jonathan simmons and any human being that can defend the five in space None of whom they have on their team. Um, Sacramento desperately needs someone at the three who can defend if this Otto Porter thing doesn't work out. I mean, I could see them offering him. uh, I mean, they got nothing else to do with their space. I could see them offering him a a big chunk of change. I mean, I I already said I like him in Denver as well, if they can maybe uh, are able to move some money in in a consolidation trade. Here's one for you. Dwayne Dedman. We have not really heard anything. The only tweet I've seen about him has been, oh, if they don't bring back Iguodala, he could be a candidate for the Warriors full middle level which actually couldn't have even worked anyway they still would have been over the apron even without Iguodala so where the hell does he end up Atlanta maybe he could just come back in San Antonio yeah if especially if they go over the cap if they if they go that route Brooklyn 
Well, well, they would still have to use the mid level on him, though. Because right, but what I'm saying is that they would they would use the they could use the non taxpayer mid level on him. Yeah, and then still bring back Gasol as well, just using right. bird rights. That's, yeah, that's, that's possible. That's the logic I'm using. I think Brooklyn's an interesting option just as a value play. He's a guy that I actually would really like in Denver if they just let Plumlee go and then just use the rest of their cap space on him. But I don't think you can play him with Jokic. No, of course not. He would just be the backup. Yeah, I yeah, for I eighteen guess. minutes a game. Yeah, I like I like him better than I like him better than only for what they need sure yeah but i think also just the idea of playing Millsap at center is pretty enticing to me with all the forwards that they have i think they're not they're not ever going to use it but i was thinking about him no never mind he'd be a straight back i was going to say portland but then i remember they got nurkic never mind yeah yeah so uh, tough to again all of these i mean restricted or non-restricted just pure centers like andrew bogut is in that same mode i don't know where he ends up i think someone like mo spates and mike muscala would have a little bit more of a market due to their shooting who else is intrigued? What about uh, Nikola Mirotic? I mean, it feels like Sacramento to me. <laughs> I, I don't know why I feel that way. Yeah, I mean, they got they got fours there though. Well, yeah, if they if they see Scal as a four, I I personally think Scal's long term destiny is as a five. He's gonna have to get a lot stronger. But I could see them. Yeah, they could obviously see that differently. Uh, if Indiana, oh no, they drafted TJ Leaf, so they're probably not gonna. I was gonna say if they moved on from that, but yeah, and he's someone. He is someone that they should definitely be looking to trade immediately. They probably won't. They'll probably what they're probably going to do is like get some guys and start the year and they'll be like, oh, maybe we'll surprise. And then they won't. And then they'll. But here's a question, though. These guys can get how bad are you going to have to be in January to think that you don't have a shot of making the playoffs in the East? Yeah, this would be interesting to think about when we finally do our predictions. I'm not quite ready to wrap my head around it yet. And I think that that landscape could still change a little bit, too, potentially. It could. I feel like the rich are going to get richer there, though. Like my I think Miami, I think the teams of what is left, the teams that get the that improvement prove the most are going to be on the east are going to be boston and miami both of whom we would have probably penciled in the playoffs anyway rudy gay has been talked about potentially going to the thunder they've had some meetings and his canter had a tweet of his name played at the locker right next to paul george but the thunder would have to engage in a sign and trade with the kings and i'm not sure what enticements they have to make the kings do that and the thunder certainly don't have any salary to send back that the kings would want so i I, that'll be difficult unless okc is willing to throw in some draft pick compensation i mean and they don't have much of flexibility to do that because of all the other obligations the first first pick they could offer would be 2022 and no they've got some seconds still that that they could go to there i mean maybe but i think even two seconds is probably not enough to get them to take back singler i would think and and okc also has these tax issues as well so i it seems like that could be difficult i'm not sure where rudy gay market is outside of there oh one guy we should mention is Derek rose yeah yeah that is a good one i mean still the the rumors of him being connected to san antonio i i thought that could be a good fit i'm not willing to dismiss those yet i mean i think if i were him that's where i'd be going surely his salary demands are way too high right now and we'll see where that comes down but he's he's already at the point where clearly there's not going to be a multi-year offer for him out there so you would think especially with all the money he's made in his career both through endorsements and in salary that it would behoove him to just go for the one year make good type of contract just in a place where he can really make something happen okay so wait wait, let's go this is a good exercise what starting point guard jobs are left Chicago, possibly. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, you'd think they want to just give it to Chris Dunn. And this is actually, this is useful too for uh, Ted Osich and Darren Collison. Sure. And Rajon Rondo, who's, who's also being talked about. Indiana, definitely. Potentially in LA. Yes. The Knicks, possibly. Although, that, depend- that, although if they get Corey Joseph, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. The Knicks, definitely. 
I mean, you keep on hearing rumors about the Bucks, but they couldn't offer money. Like, they couldn't offer Derrick Rose money. Maybe they would acquire somebody else, but that would be different. Maybe then that could spill over into opening something else up. I mean, there are a few teams who could, like, you know, have guys who are okay that could use another option. But like wouldn't Orlando. But be the unequivocal star. Yeah, with Peyton. Sack is probably the same. Yeah, and San, San Antonio, same thing, right? Do they, do they really want to start Patty Mills? They, and San Antonio in particular, I mean, that really seems like the best fit to me. And it's surprised. I'm, I'm not sure who put those rumors out there, whether that's coming from the team or what. But if I'm Derek Rose, I'm all over going there post haste. And even if, you know, Tony Parker. Even if comes I had back, to go for like three million bucks or something, I'd probably do that. Just because rehabbing his image in San Antonio. And they are very used to playing with a guy like him. Tony Parker, not the greatest passer. Quickness, not a great shooter but they need someone who's who's kind of like that especially if they want to play with a little the floor a little bit more space they do, they got you got to get somebody in san antonio who can do something off the dribble other than Kawhi leonard yeah but ha- so how would you feel about you're not comfortable with a mills Dejounte lineup until parker gets back well parker getting back i i'm assuming that he's just not going to be any good name i mean at age 35 was really nearing nearing the point where he wasn't really even a quality i know he played well in the memphis series but that was just unsustainable shooting on long twos so no, I mean I, I'm not putting Parker in the equation at all. That was a devastating injury. He's he's saying he's going to be back in January, and that's the player. So you have to imagine it'll take even a little bit longer, and uh, there's going to be a long recovery there. So no, I think Dejounte, yeah, maybe he'll be that good, but it's just I, I think Derrick Rose could actually really help them, especially because Der- Greg Popovich will actually make him defend. That's true. Which which nobody since Tom Thibodeau has done. All right, give me three more that you're interested in, then we'll shut it down here. Three more. Okay, who's going to give Robert? in an offer sheet sack yeah and that would be pretty late in the process though if they're gonna engage with porter first oh so actually here's a little little it's not a prisoner's dome it's a little game theory for you if you are brooklyn and you feel that porter is more likely to get declined than kcp would you just offer porter first just in case even if kcp is a better fit yeah because especially with rich paul and clutch sports like you you know that it's going to be there potentially. I don't know if I would. I, I, like to me, they're so far away. And any offer sheet, by the way, is going to be a three plus one, right, Danny? Oh, yeah. So I would rather, and it's going to have a 15% trade bonus. You probably, that's going to be a bad contract, probably, especially with a 15% trade bonus. I don't think I would actually make that offer she- sheet for Porter. I think I would rather just hold on to more space, take on more bad contracts prepare myself to tank in 2018 19 but do you feel the same I, I way about I don't kcp know. i don't think i would want i wouldn't want auto porter uh i think kcp is better than auto porter he also fits really well with d'angelo russell yes that's a, that's a great point and just a more explosive just a, a better defender i think he's i think he's probably even importer is efficient but i don't know how efficient he's going to be on the nets so no I, I think kcp is better than auto porter and he's someone that i would really would want to have around for sure whereas porter i think on a bad team just doesn't help you that much so i'm not even sure if i would do this the kcp offer to be honest unless you're just so sure it's going to get matched and you're just kind of doing a favor for an agent but kcp i think would be more tradable than auto porter be yeah i would agree but with that i mean even that. just maybe to the sixers yeah you're like hey here philly get the guy you want if they can't get avery bradley let's see well, what about waiters did we do waiters we didn't do waiters i mean the fact that he was meeting with the lakers shows to me that he doesn't have a market right now other than Miami because if you're meeting with the Lakers I mean Iguodala did the same thing you're meeting with the Lakers you know they're not giving out more than a one-year deal they've made that clear already I know one year 17 million for waiters wouldn't be too bad I think for either side but that said he's he's not going to come back probably there his cap hold to be too high unless you strike out on free agents 
So yeah, it does indicate there's not much there for him. I do like him on a good team. It's just the good teams are kind of running out of money. I like him because of his ability to switch with and defend in the post with that barrel chest and his long arms. But I'm not sure who really stands out to me as a potential destination for him especially because now he had this really nice offensive season in Miami and I think he's going to be back to really wanting to be someone who has the ball in his hands you know, you know something else I'm realizing doing this I I'm, I advocated at the trade deadline that the Knicks should be trying to move Courtney Lee that to me is even stronger now than it would have been then if they could have pulled it off yeah I'm not sure who the taker is for him just because he's well, it's not, not now quite I don't, big I don't, I don't yeah. know who it is now but back right, then right. I think maybe they could have gotten somebody all right I think we're out of steam here <laughs> let's wrap it up don't forget our sponsors today me undies me undies.com slash cap space is the url get 20 percent off your first pair and blinds.com use that cap space code to get 20 percent off dunked on merchandise get you some got shirts got mugs again drink your caffeine for uh the trade deadline and the off season for you're on the east coast staying up to watch the western conference this year because your games in the east coast are gonna be trash and also our patreon i've been hard at work every time a signing occurs i am tweeting out the cat picture for that team i'm tweeting out at the end of the night all the stuff that we just talked about so you can just look at it very handy of projected space both for this year and next year danny is gonna do an ama oh low about six hours from now when you're at the airport we're actually yeah. on the same flight to utah and lots of other goodies there as well if you want to subscribe patreon.com slash duncan larue and we're out talk to y'all probably tomorrow night from utah till then